0: Well, hello there, everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your uh, tour guides on this show.
1: and I'm James Anderson. I'm the guy that drives the car from the back of the tour thing so that (laughs) that the tour guide has an unobstructed view of what he's pointing out. Uh, On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, from when the events take place until the end of time.
0: And... If you look to your left, going- you'll see <laughs> 19... Uh, I mean, 1650. Uh, if
1: you look to your right, it's Paul Rudd. Uh, 400 years ago, uh, Paul Rudd looked exactly the same. So,
0: Exactly. Falling through time. Through the quantum realm. <laughs> screaming, Jane, stop this crazy thing? I don't understand what that's a reference to. <laughs> James, James, James. We are in. Yeah. We are in a clip that. okay, yeah. Once again, I've, I'm not going to do this on every episode, but I'll probably do it every now and then to remind yeah. people that there are some shows, like literally, like TV shows, that our good friend Kevin Feige was yeah. like, "No, it's not a part of the MCU." But then they do this like weird thing where like they frequently have like tie-ins. And so that's like, it's kind of in the MCU. You know what I mean? So right. uh, we're, we're including this show. This is from Cloak and Dagger, right. season one, which is a free form television series. Yep. That's our first time having a free form show, <laughs> yeah. our first and last, basically. I mean, we'll have other parts of Cloak and Dagger, but I mean, like it's oh, the oh, only time there's yeah. a, a freeform. Yeah. Um. So this clip is the beginning of season one, episode 10 and stops at two minutes and three seconds. Yes. There's a lot that happens here. So do you have some IMDb stuff though, I'm assuming?
1: I I sure do. Um, I'm actually going to uh, uh, collapse it a little bit. Uh, The episode is called Colony Collapse, and it uh, debuted on August 2nd, 2018. It was directed by Wayne Yip. Uh, This is his only episode that he um, directed of the show. Uh, he is currently, as of 2021, filming the Lord of the Rings TV show. Um, he did he directed two episodes of Wheel of Time, two episodes of Hunters, which was that Amazon Prime uh, Nazi Hunters show, which uh, was way better than it had any right to be. I feel like it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, he did one episode of Doom Patrol, three episodes of Doctor Who, four episodes of Preacher, two episodes of the Doctor Who spinoff Class, and... Two episodes of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, um, which I believe is an Elijah Wood solving crimes, but it's like sci-fi kind of, I don't remember. Um, so that's Wayne Yip, the director. It is based on uh, the Marvel Comics by Bill Mancio, uh, who I have here created Rocket Raccoon, another mm-hmm. claim to fame, uh, and Ed Hannigan. Um, so Bill Mancio is like, oof, he did a lot. Um, he created Cloak and Dagger. Um, he it's, he had notable runs on uh, the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, mm-hmm. Alpha Flight. Uh, it says what he is did not Alpha always Flight? have Alpha uh, Flight. Alpha Flight is the Canadian uh, superhero team that uh, Wolverine was on uh, for a little bit, uh, or oh. came up against. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Um, he, it says he did not always have the time to polish his stories, but he made up for it with strong characterization, tight plotting, and endless inventiveness. That's cool. Um, that's
0: a, I feel yeah. like it's a good reveal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it says, like most writers, with the right ingredients, he could produce a great story. Unlike most writers, when lacking those ingredients, he never produced a bad one. So, like, mm. he, 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 won, he won when others would win, and he won when others would lose. So, that's kind of cool.
0: That's, a, I mean, again, glowing review. I love yeah, that. That's that. cool to hear.
1: It says, writing for comics, as it turned out, was only a means to an end for Manchio, or, sorry, Mantlo. I was seeing an I instead of an L. Mantlo. When he had enough time, when he had enough money for law school, he cut back on writing to attend classes. After graduation, he became a public defender in New York City and stopped writing altogether.
0: Okay, Daredevil. Like- yeah,
1: for real, right? <laughs> oh, he call, they called him Boisterous Bill is one of his nicknames that they called him
0: you can't tell um, me that that man didn't actually fight crime at
1: night <laughs> like- well so then uh, a little bit of a, another I hate to always bring us down but uh, in 19, on July 17th ninety two, he got hit by a car while he was rollerblading um, it was a hit and run and Bill was not wearing a helmet um, he basically he recovered he knew his friends and family and himself but he like lost a whole bunch of other mental stuff Jeez. I'm not trying to bring us down but like no, it's wild it, to be yeah. like he was this kick-ass writer. Then he became this kick-ass public defender. Then some piece of shit hit him and and Damn. Like, wrecked all of that.
0: That's so, nuts. Okay.
1: Yeah. So that's that's uh that's Bill Mantlo. Uh, seems like a pretty pretty cool and prolific guy. Uh, Ed Hannigan was a writer, artist, and editor of comics for both Marvel and DC. Uh, his most noble writing credits include work on the Defenders during the late 1970s and early 80s. Okay. Um, before leaving Marvel, he cre- co-created uh, Cloak and Dagger in mm-hmm. the pages of Peter Parker, The Spectacular for Spider-Man, Volume 1, Number 64, which you were probably going to say, maybe. Um, oh, no, because we didn't see no, Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, no, we not no, 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 see the yeah, yeah. one.
0: Yeah, so yeah. Uh,
1: he penciled co- the covers on Batman in a lengthy run that spanned the majority of 83 to 85. Um, it is also worth noting that he both wrote and illustrated the three-issue prestige format series Skull and Bones for DC Comics in 1992. Uh he gave. He was the artist that did Green Arrow's first um, ongoing comic book uh, series in 1987. That's tight. I like Green Arrow. Um, yeah, and uh, like so, it, it, he introduced stuff. Or the, the book, int- you know, he didn't write it; he illustrated. It, but like the book introduces stuff, like Green Arrow uses trick arrows and right. stuff like that. Um,
0: Hawkeye does what though?
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then, this show was written by Joe Pokaski. Uh, who wrote seven of these episodes. I think he also created the, the show. I think this is his sort of baby. Um, he also did, he also wrote two episodes of daredevil, the Netflix show condemned and in the blood. I didn't go look at what those episodes were, but if you want to listener, you may, <laughs> um, we'll be back to talk about Joe Pocaski later. Uh, and I bet you, I won't remember cause it'll be a while. Um, He also wrote eight episodes of Heroes, which is a show that keeps coming up because it's like Marvel adjacent, but not, but also not. Right. Um, (laughs) And then I have a couple of actors here. Um, I put Angela Davis as Auntie Chantel. She's the one that is narrating this clip. Right. Um, We aren't going to see her. Right. I didn't include her because of that. Um, Even though we hear her, I was like, yeah,
0: "Ah, it's usually for us. It's usually like once we see them. Right.
1: Okay. so okay um so we we meet two Choctaw Choctaw children uh we meet a girl uh, who's played by a girl named Gracie Ray Delgado and this is her only credit on IMDB and we meet a Choctaw boy uh named uh, who played by an actor named Tanner Hollifield uh he also played a character named Miguel in one episode of Mr Mercedes I've seen I've seen Mr Mercedes I don't know I
0: have not this who my that first is. Time hearing of it
1: Um, It's based on, a. you'll be unsurprised to know, based on a Stephen King trilogy. Okay,
0: that now makes sense.
1: (laughs) Um, So Colin, I'd like to um, now officially introduce a new segment um, called Why That Year? Okay. Um, This episode takes place, quote unquote, in 1650. And what I want to do in this segment is talk about why on the MCU Wikipedia, which is where I sort of crib my Sure. what year this takes place notes from why did they pick 1650? Okay. So here, i don't know
0: about new segments. So I'm, yeah. I'm all ears. <laughs>
1: why that year? But um,
0: well, now I'm going to have it, to send that to Eli <laughs> chambers. Be like, hey, can you do something with this?
1: <laughs> uh, it says in colony collapse, stories of the divine pairing are told first of the Choctaw people, then of one pair in 1793, 1815, 1918, and 2017 it says it stands to reason that it is a story from each century. So the Choctaw story is from either the 17th century, 1601 to 1700, or the 1600s century, which is the same, 1600 to 1699, so approximately 1650. Okay. So basically, that, that's, a, that's a weird way of saying it makes sense that it's in the 17th century, so the middle of that is 1650. Right. It's anywhere in the 1600s, basically, but they popped it right in the middle of the century because they're basing it on the pattern of all the other years have established dates.
0: Sure. I mean, that so, makes sense.
1: Yeah. So that is why that year. And now, Colin, back to you.
0: Uh, I, th- there's a lot of interesting stuff here, right, in, in my opinion. But it's yeah. also interesting to note that, like, because of the way that America treated the Native American people um and also like just the way that we don't always make certain things accessible i think because of that same reason Mm -hmm. i did a lot of like deep diving to try and find kind of the same materials that we had found for the mayan man yeah Um, not not a superhero uh, just to to bring that back up it is mayan man just like he was a no-named person um back in
1: 3500 bc
0: right So the thing is, is it's crazy that we have notes about that. Yeah. Uh, And yet I could not find for the life of me, for lack of a better term, the fashion of Uh of any form of Native American tribe, even like 300, 400 years ago. Right. It's like it's, you know, it's not great. Right. Um, And uh, yeah. So, you know, so I I forgive me. There's going to be some kind of spottiness in like my ability to sort of tell you the history here.
1: And hey, um, listener, if you know, if you know the details or we get something wrong, absolutely right yes, into us. We want to know the us. truth yeah. and and the right stuff. So hit us up.
0: Yeah. Um so uh the the Choctaw were uh, well are sorry, uh, Native American people. Uh, and they originally occupied what is the southeastern part of modern day United States of America. Um so there was sort of three central like, sub-tribes, essentially, um, okay. that lived in Alabama, Florida, and Louisiana. Um, right. And this one, uh, th- like this story, rather, uh, is centered around Louisiana, which is be- you know because of Cloak and Dagger. But also, right. I'm talking about it because I live in New Orleans. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm originally from Maryland, but I currently live in New Orleans, which right. is in Louisiana. Surprise, surprise. I am literally right on the river. Uh, and funny enough, they talk about the river. Yeah. Um so basically the the scene that we have set up is is like a a, a flashback in some history of uh the times of uh ancient louisiana ancient it's not even, it's not that old, but like you get what yeah. i'm saying right. old olden days uh louisiana
1: pre-america yeah
0: yes exactly pre-america louisiana um and there was a great famine that was going on um and it's sort of meant to sort of give you this idea of, like, this is not the first time that this has happened. Um, and so because of that, they have a system in place. Uh, it very much reminds me of—I don't remember if it's a book or if it's just a short story, but the the story of The Lottery.
1: I knew you were going to say The Lottery. Yeah, the short story by Shirley Jackson.
0: Yeah I, yeah, I was pretty sure it was just a short story, but I was yeah. like, yeah, okay. Because um, I read it, like, it
1: ages the, ago. It has the weight of a full novel, for sure. Well— <laughs> Uh,
0: It's also funny that you said wait. Well, not funny, but we'll we'll get to that. Um, So basically, there was a a great famine that happened uh, here. And interestingly enough, I also try to search up great famines of Louisiana. And like Mm -hmm. it always comes back to Irish. Uh And I think part of the problem is that like they like whether it was actually known as the great famine here or if it's like Marvel calling it a great famine. Right. The issue is that like, quote unquote, the great famine that the world history knows about is in Ireland with a potato uh, shortage and stuff like that. So I was not, again, able to find much on that. So I don't know how accurate this is, but the thing is, I would imagine that it could still be true because uh, it gets hot as sin here, right? Uh, And I can imagine that sometimes the amount of heat that we have could make it very difficult to grow crops have them stay moisturized or whatever you want to call it sure um but uh the other thing is also we have a lot of like great storms as well yeah which also could then (laughs) lead to the opposite side of that um right you know like i mean just as a quick side note an anecdote like quite literally just like three days ago we had um like an intense storm here i mean like you know huge thunder i mean it sounded like thor was outside fighting someone just torrential downpour and then a tornado struck not that far away from me actually wow. uh, and I lost power for about two or three hours because of it um, so there you go it's it's just sort yeah. of a wild time here um, right? but uh, so they, they have this great famine um, and some men of the tribe wanted to seek help uh, and the issue is that they never came back which is also kind of a precursor glance at sort of what's kind of about to happen because of mm-hmm. uh, colonization with uh, mm-hmm. the Americans. Yep. Uh, so what we see is is pretty much like the entire premise of this whole thing is that the idea is that the, the river um, needs basically life to be able to give it, to give life and stuff like that, right? Um, so a boy and a girl who are alive, and they were uh, some of the only healthy children left in the tribe. Right. Um, they take it upon themselves – uh, to essentially to save the whole village. Like they essentially volunteer. Um, and they are both shown as having these sort of like leather bands on their arm. Um, and they won't know until they get to the river, you know, what's underneath the band. Right. Uh, and so they get there. They they are out there with a very intricately woven basket, which, by the way, I couldn't quite tell on the designs or, or not, but like right. the history that I could figure out uh, was like that that sort of thing is accurate like uh the usage and like the size of the um of the pottery essentially the of the it's not a vase what am i what am i I just called it something like other. a basket yeah it's like a basket yeah it's like yeah. all like there are at least some historical accuracies in in this part of it um okay. and uh basically what they do is they get to the river and that's when they take off the band Uh, to see which of them had actually been marked. Right. Um, And the girl uh, is the one that has the mark on her arm. So she lifts a basket filled with uh, heavy rocks, and she balances it on her head, and she walks into the center of the river and basically just sits there until her life is gone.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, it does end up bringing an end to the famine. They, They talk about, like... You know, right. and with that like the the region flourished um right. and they were they were saved essentially um but again like they they mention it as though this is not the first time it's happened right um and as though this was something um whether it's like not necessarily religious but like whether it's a like somewhat spiritual thing or whether it's some sort of uh, magical almost thing which and in, in some cases can sometimes be the same sure. um you know, magic and spiritual like energies and stuff like that can sometimes be intertwined. Um, sure. and it's to be told, because I've been sort of for the most part rewatching stuff the same way that we do the show. sometimes if it's a movie, I might watch the full thing. but like sure. seasons of TV shows I've been jumping around through. Uh, so I've actually not gotten through this show, so I don't know necessarily if they ever yeah. fully address it. but um, yeah, so that's that's where we we get to. Um, and again, I did a lot of like deep diving and stuff like that. And it's, it is very interesting. Um, there is, uh, quite a few legends and stuff like that. Like, you know, from, uh, from this, you know, uh, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's to say a nation. I mean, like, I, cause it wasn't necessarily people. Yeah. This, I mean, just, just the people. Yeah. That lived here. Mm, um, yeah. but like there, there's a whole bunch of legends and tales, uh, that they tell, uh, and none of them necessarily are fully related to this exact one. Um, although there is one that I found to be very interesting. It does have some ties to it. So I kind of wanted to read this one, um, which is, and again, I'm going to attempt the name. There's no pronunciation guide. So, mm. uh, you know, bear with me on this one. It's brothers Toshka and Wallo, Walo, Walo mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, so the two brothers followed the son for many years from childhood to adulthood They would follow it throughout its life in the day until it died over the horizon in the evening. One day, the sun rested over a great expanse of water, and the boys swam into it going underneath. They emerged in the home of the sun, finding women all around. These women were the moon and the stars. The moon was the sun's wife and asked the brothers how they entered this realm. The brothers said they followed the sun for many years since they were boys. The sun then told his wife to boil water, and he placed the brothers in it, keeping them there until their skin fell off. The son asked if they knew their way back home. The boys replied, no, as they looked over the edge of the sky, seeing land, but were not able to discern their home from such a height. The son asked why they had followed him all these years to which the brothers replied only where to see, sorry, only to see where he had died. The son agreed to send them home, but instructed them not to talk for four days after they returned or they would surely die. He called a great buzzard to fly them home, and after they had landed, an old man recognized them and went to tell their mother. The mother, frightened since she had not seen them for many days, made them tell her where they had been. They told her of their journey and said that they would now surely die because they did not keep their promise to the son of silence for four days. After this, the, their mother was very worried, but they all returned home. The brothers told the tale of the many years they had followed the sun. After telling what they knew, they died and entered heaven um Mm. so although it doesn't necessarily like bring necessarily life to the region there is a very interesting thing about like you know two siblings uh, uh, although i don't think they're necessarily brother and sister they're just like two kids from the tribe in in the uh show um but like they do like kind of do this thing where they go to the water they kind of have this sort of like magical spiritual connection with something and they they do something that uh should eventually give information or knowledge or whatever um so again, not exactly the the same thing, but like it was the it was the only other sure. one that I saw that was like related to water and, uh, and some sort of like major like legend essentially.
1: Um, I, th- I think um, a couple of um, one that I'm doing research on, uh, 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 you know, 200 years from where you are, is uh, I'm also finding it being like this adds up, but I can't find anything specifically about this, which is very interesting because it means that this. This woman who is herself a person of color is talking about you know in your case ancient or you know much older people of of color and telling a story that we don't have that you and I (laughs) two two white guys using the internet can't can't find on the internet at large which is really interesting because it's like okay well and then it becomes like does it matter if it's true or not is it like a symbolic or whatever but like it's really interesting about like what you're talking about like the sort of Downplaying of of uh, people that that didn't become the you know quote unquote conquerors of the nation and stuff. Right, the history being sort of uh, tamped down and and whatever. Um, yeah, but I think that it's it's really interesting um, to look at this at this story in terms of like a like a water sacrifice, which you'll see in in a lot of different uh, religions, uh, like water being sort of a magic transition area. <clears throat> but also in the show, Cloak and Dagger, <clears throat> in the show, Cloak and Dagger, there's a, an element of one of them goes into the water and one of them doesn't go into the water. Like sort of that, like water transforms you and one of them, all this stuff. I think it's really cool the way they're setting that up um, as the episode goes, just sort of as part of the the season. But as we're going sort of, they're setting this up hundreds of years before this happens. Um, with these, with these stories of these uh, divine pairings, they call them, which is kind of cool.
0: I did search up foundations uh, that are a part of the Choctaw uh, people still. Sure, but there's one called the I assume it's Chata, C H A H T A Foundation. Okay. Uh, it's empowering the life of you know the people uh, within their region. It's a nonprofit to help uh, the Choctaws achieve higher level of education, persevere, nope, preserve, sorry, their unique cultural identity, and develop sustainable health programs, which is also nice. a huge
1: deal. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: So I think we'll include that in the show notes as well.
1: For sure, for sure.
0: So there you go.
1: Yeah, awesome.
0: I th- I think that that's probably going to be where I where I leave it, like for yeah. all of my information, because again, I did a lot of deep diving. Uh, and there's just some stuff that just you cannot find any answers to yeah there's some stuff that i think is very clearly painted by the people who were their oppressors and aggressors sure and so like with that because of that i don't want to like it's tough like i obviously want to provide more information but there are times where i'm like i don't want to then spread misinformation sure or like say the wrong thing because like i'm not from uh that nation so
1: and, and you also get the impression in the show like within the universe that this is an oral tradition passed down from generation to right. generation so it may not even be like it it things change from you know story to story to story um and so I think we can we can accept it like you know yes the Choctaw people were there they had their own stories their own traditions you know and they also have had some some tamping down of their history by white people right and um and i think that that's i think that that's totally i think that's absolutely uh a good place to stop it for sure
0: yep um well uh let's get into some social media stuff if you want to find me you can find me at colin m parker on twitter uh you can also find the scavengers network at scavengers net that's the podcast uh network i don't know why it's that like that hang on that's the podcast network that james and i are so very proud to be a member of uh and uh let's see i think today let's also do james let's also plug another show that we do on the network or in your case couple um okay. i also work on a little show called myth takes um mm-hmm. myth takes is a actual play podcast ttrpg we play Monster of the Week. Um, it's a little role playing game powered by the apocalypse, so 2D six, very simple. Uh, and it features a rotating cast of other members of the Scavengers Network playing different characters, uh, trying to fight to stop the apocalypse. Uh yep. and uh yep, that comes out every other Thursday. James, what about you? You do you do like you do something here on the network, right?
1: Sure, I I, I, yeah, I kind of I kind of tinker around a little bit. Um, well, if you want to follow my my personal Twitter, you can follow at unabashed James. Um, I also am part of a number of podcasts. Um, I guess the one I'll talk about now is uh, uh, Aaron, uh, my co-host from our old show Unabashedly Obsessed. We currently are on a a series of um, Minute Movie podcasts, uh, which we're as of the the one we're on now. Uh, She's all that minute. We're calling it our podcast franchise, like a franchise of friends, which mm. we're very proud of the uh, the branding of that one. Um that's very good. So yeah, we've done uh, Newsies and we've done Crossroads, the Britney Spears movie, and we have done Can't Hardly Wait. Um, if you want to uh, follow us on Twitter, that is JE underscore Minute Movies. Um, and that is other than Newsies Minute, which is at Newsies Minute. That's where all of the other shows are, are centered. Um, we decided that we didn't want to keep getting a new Twitter handle each Every movie. Every so, That makes sense. <laughs> so uh, that is where we can be found. JE underscore minute movies. Uh, basically, we watch a movie and comment on each individual minute per episode um, five days a week. Monday through Friday um, until we're done. So that's that's uh, our, uh, our our current sort of project is She's All That. And it's been a ride. It's been a ride, Colin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think that is going to do it for today. But um, oh, we also... Wait, hold on. It's not. We have a Patreon. Yes. It's at patreon.com slash thescavengersnetwork. Mm-hmm. I want you to go there. I want you to... As I say on, on Aaron and my show, you're going to click... You're going to join for $2 a month. You're going to get access to all the bonus content we've ever made. And it is a lot. And when you join... I always say this, Colin's gonna have a checklist for you to put up, for you to check off what you listen to. So if you're listening to this, Timeline Scavengers, check off Timeline Scavengers. If if hearing this makes you go listen to myth takes, go check off myth takes. Um, just so we can get an idea of who is listening to what um, on the Patreon, but you wanna go over to the Patreon, $2 a month is is just a pittance for like what you get. It is bonus content. Audio, visual, written, drawn at some point, maybe Uh, full length Hmm. feature movies at some point in the future, maybe who can tell, who knows what's going to happen. But you should, you should go over there and join because you're going to get all the bonus content that comes out and then you're going to get all the stuff that has already come out and you're going to have just, it's a full-time job going through all that old bonus content. So that is patreon.com slash the scavengers network. Uh, Two dollars a month. um, And that, Colin, unless you have anything else that you would like to add.
0: Uh, no, I just also n- realized, hey, you know, I should probably make sure that the show is actually on that form that you were just talking about. <laughs> so uh, definitely made sure. Look, that was already on the list. Definitely. And I'm not doing it right now as we speak.
1: Man, your Foley work on that keyboard is great. Thank I just you. Want, yeah, hang post, on, let, you me, really let me look
0: them. up your account right now. Okay, <laughs> it turns out my manager says that we get the best we can do is store credit. Uh, anyway, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Oh no, that's that's your part. Sorry. What am yeah, I doing? I,
1: and unless you have anything else to, to to add, I just like to. I think that's it. I, well then I'm gonna say thank you, listener, for for uh taking time with us to go down to uh where Colin is joining him on location in New Orleans. Um. <laughs> For this episode of Timeline Scavengers, four hundred years ago, <laughs> right, <laughs> on location,
0: not years the same in the fourth dimension,
1: yet. right, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, three out of four dimensions ain't bad. I think uh, Meatloaf <laughs> wrote that song. Uh, but please join us uh, next time for Timeline Scavengers. For Timeline Scavengers, of um, timeline, yep. please, please join us next time for another episode of Timeline Scavengers. I, I'm James Anderson,
0: and I'm Colin Parker.
1: Excelsior. Was a little more spooky.
0: Hi everybody, my name is Jordan Reed.
1: And I'm Lindsay Reed.
0: And this is Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. Tall tales. If you ever want to find out if a psychic is real or not, commit a crime, <laughs> and then go to them and ask about the crime. Cryptid technology. That's why we can't find Bigfoot, because they don't have trackers, they don't have these apps that are like, here I am, going to the ice cream store later. Scary stories. (laughs) You know what you're going to do? What? Crap your pants.
1: Oh, no. Okay.
0: Numbers in general.
1: I just hear or see numbers and my brain shuts off.
0: You can find brand new episodes of Spooky Spouses every week wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) Excuse
1: me. Part of the Scavengers Network.
0: The Scavengers Network.
1: Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.